It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome. Welcome to Money for Lunch. It's good to have you guys here. Hey, we're just going to, uh, what do you call it, uh, countdown, kind of countdown to the new year. And that's kind of a weird thing to, to say already. It seems like, man, didn't it just seem like we were at, uh, I don't know, a new year just a, just a few days ago? And it seems like we're, this is just too weird, man. But anyway, I'm glad you guys are here. Always excited uh, to have uh, our Money for Lunch team and uh, members on the show supporting us, listening. And uh, all right, so let's get this party started. Let's jump in here with the quote of the day. The quote of the day comes from the one and only Phil Jackson. The strength of a team is each individual member. The strength of each member is the team by Phil Jackson. Again, the strength of the team is each individual member. The strength of each member is the team. All right, let's jump into it. Today I'm being joined by two individuals, uh, Rich Armstrong and Steve Baker. Rich Armstrong is the president of Great Games of Business, and Steve Baker is the vice president of Great Games of Business. Uh, They both co-authored the updated Number one bestseller, The Great Games of Business, the 20th anniversary thereof. That's amazing. Rich Armstrong and Steve Baker, welcome to Money for Lunch. Thank you, Bert. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you for the invite. You bet, you bet. All right, so uh, let's kind of jump into this a little bit and and why don't you guys let our people know real quick um this this idea of uh of the great game of business where did that title come from talk about that a little bit uh rich why don't you start us off sure uh, as you mentioned um it was uh, a book that was written back in uh, 1992 actually called the great game of business written by jack stack who is uh, CEO of a company called Springfield Remanufacturing Corporation. Um, uh, the origin, that, origin of that was a, a small manufacturing company out of Springfield, Missouri, that was part of an organization called International Harvester, which at the time was one of the largest co- corporations in the world back in the late 70s, early 80s. That company ran into a lot of competition, ran into some financial uh, issues, and was... Uh, forced to start selling off assets just to stay alive. And one of those uh, companies that was on the block to be sold was this uh, our little company here in Springfield, Missouri, with about 116 employees. Um, uh, long story short, that management team did a management buyout of, uh, of that company. Um, they bought the company for uh, $9 million with an $8.9 million loan with $100,000 $100, of equity. 
So they started the company out with 89 to 1 debt to equity ratio. Um, and the management team was basically a bunch of, of uh, manufacturing guys that knew a lot about building great products and, and quality products, but not necessarily how to run a business. So they really went on a crash course to understand what it meant to, to run a, a successful business. And since they were at 81 to, uh, 89 to 1 debt to equity ratio, the first thing they needed to learn was the financial language of business, right? And so they didn't just teach themselves as the managers, but every every 116 employees that were on roll, uh, we began to teach everyone how the business made money, how it generated cash, just primarily to be able to um, pay the debt payment that was coming up in 30 days. Um, But then it just evolved from this idea of, hey, if we could just share – the ultimate goal of business, which is to, um, in many ways, to be successful and sustainable, you got to make money and, and generate cash. And we taught everyone from uh, the CEO to down to the janitor of, of what was their line of sight, what were they doing every day that would that would impact the financial success of the business. And uh, we ended up calling it the Great Game of Business, and it's and it's built from there over the last. Um, 30, 35 years um, to be a very profitable, very uh, a sustainable business model to help companies um, really grow their business. Yeah, that's uh, that's amazing. That's amazing. All right, so so I got to ask you this, or, or I'll I'll uh, I'll uh, get Steve to, to answer this question: Why would a business owner open their books to the employees? Uh, because, you know, sometimes this information is always, I shouldn't say sometimes, this information is typically what we call sensitive and, and it's got all sorts of information that maybe you, traditionally we don't want our employees to know. So talk about this. Why would we open up, why would a business open, uh, a business owner open up their books to the employees? Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't say why the hell would they open their books. <laughs> That's what we usually get out in the field, right? Um, so, right. you know, through the years. We've worked with thousands of companies in every aspect of of uh, business that you can imagine, uh, and in the private sector, public sector, union, not union, not for profit. The thing is that um, we kind of ask, why wouldn't you? The common things that we hear are, um, you know, I don't want people to know how much money I make or how much money we make. They'll want more. And um, the the fact of the matter is, a business owner should look at this as a way to survive the future. And what we mean by that is we believe that the dominant companies in the next 10 years will have the smartest, most dominant workforce. Why wouldn't you make them as smart as possible about how difficult it is to make money and generate cash, which is the objective of any organization? So we're just trying to turn them into business people and help, the, help us get our goals. And, in fact, they'll get everything they want if we can achieve that. So why not teach them a little bit about the business, ask them to make a difference and maybe give them a piece of the action. Sure. Sure. And and one of the advantages that I see is that, uh, as you said, they get a bird's eye view of how difficult it is because from the outside looking in, you think everything is rosy or man, you know, we're making tons of sales and, you know, life is glorious and, you know, um, uh, you know, may, maybe I should get more or whatever, or, uh, you know, if, if it's a, uh, uh, 
I guess if it's if it's a well-oiled machine, they make it look so easy. And this is a way for people to really get a, as I mentioned, a bird's eye view of how difficult it is because it's not just bringing in the sales. It's also being accountable for all the money and making sure that everything's running smoothly. And that is not always the case. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Bert, the median net income or net profit, I should say, for companies in the United States across 212 industries is six and a half cents on the dollar. So think about that. The average company's making six and a half cents. Studies show that the average employee thinks they make 36 cents. So we've got a huge gap in the way people are making decisions. They think that, that the boss, ah, they'll never miss it. You know, they got plenty of money. They make assumptions based upon misinformation. And all we're trying to do is give people more information. You know, a lot of folks call Jack Stack, uh, you know, since he wrote that book, the father of open book management. And the way we look at it, it isn't so much just about opening the books. It's about teaching people the realities of life in a business. And, uh, and man, if you can show people, oh, it's really tough. It's cents on the dollar. It's not uh, that I'm driving home with gold bricks in my trunk. They right. behave differently. They start to actually think a little bit more like an owner does. And uh, they just need that opportunity and that education. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And again, uh, if you guys want to check out more about uh, uh, working with Rich Armstrong or Steve Baker, you can go to greatgame.com. Man, that's a glorious website, greatgame.com, super memorable. All right, Rich, let me ask you this. If an owner is opening up the books to the employees, are we talking disclosing all the numbers, including everyone's salary? Talk about this. Yeah, I think that's um, that is often a perception that you know it's complete full transparency. I think the the what we look at, Bert, is that we really want to share the information that will help employees make better decisions, right? And so, if you look at uh, the majority of the companies we work with, um, uh, you know, in most cases, they will not be sharing any salary information or detailed salary information. Now, they we may share what the engineering departments overall compensation is only to compare, you know, what are we spending in terms of engineering expense compared to our competitors or our peers. Um, but the individual salaries, um, typically that's not the case. They would not share the information primarily because it really doesn't help uh, an employee make any better decision um, in the company. So we're really trying to share the information that help them make better decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's interesting, too, because I have heard some companies that share all the numbers. They're, they're just, hey, here it is, good, bad, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. And, uh, you know, again, uh, I think that's awesome if, uh, if they can uh, do that in a cohesive manner. But it just seems like it would be crazy uh, uh, to know what everybody's making uh and maybe and maybe i'm wrong do you have any do you have any of your clients or any people that share the salary uh transparency as well yeah there's sure there's there's some uh, uh companies that may go to that that extreme uh but again uh, you know i would say steve you may have some better numbers but i would say probably 99 percent of them would would not necessarily go to that level um, um, it really depends on, you know, the culture you're, you're, you're at and, uh, what kind of, um, uh, 
culture you may have in your organization that can accept that and have open conversations about that. And there's some business models out there that, you know, a lot of the compensation already is very transparent, you know, and they kind of know where in ranges they are compared to other employees within the company. So it really depends on that organization, primarily, probably primarily based on what kind of culture they have, can they handle that kind of conversation. But I would really go back to, is it really going to help them make better decisions within the organization? Uh, is that information going to help them do that? Yeah, because ultimately it's really about sharing the information that's going to help everybody um, move the numbers forward or move the goals forward or whatever, however you want to phrase that. Uh, I got to ask you this, because this whole transparency thing has been moving along. And so uh, more and more companies uh, seem to be going in this direction. Um, so, So Steve, my question is to you, what are some of the common negative perceptions employees have of ownership when there isn't this kind of open book transparency. Talk about this. (laughs) Well, hopefully, Bert, uh, a lot of your listeners, um, uh, I think, are probably entrepreneurs who have been employees before, uh, (laughs) and they probably have this stuff floating around in their head like, man, that guy drives that cool car. He lives in a great neighborhood, belongs to the country club, got the lifestyle, you know, without ever thinking about all the work that went into it. Then as they became entrepreneurs, they go, holy cow, this is hard work. And and they go through the blood, sweat, and tears with no transparency, man. I'm telling you, the whole place is filled with rumor, gossip, misinformation, assumptions. And that is a really not a great way. I mean, you can try to do all the cool bring your dog to work day, wear jeans on Friday kind of culture stuff. But a really strong culture comes from deep understanding. And and we believe that understanding the universal language of business breaks down a lot of the walls. So owners, obviously, uh, without any information given out, are going to be perceived as these, uh, um, uh, you know, rabid capitalists who are out for themselves. (laughs) And in reality, what they're trying to do is create jobs, create a, a, a opportunity for people to have a career you know i mean most of the people that are listening to your show i would think probably care about their people would that be true i would think so too yeah i i think so i think most entrepreneurs do and the thing is they're they're laying awake at night worrying about their people and how they're going to make this business sustainable and have those jobs be there during the next recession and and the thing is the employees may not feel that way they're they're seeing superficial stuff you know success and and lifestyle and, and all that sort of thing. So the, the big negative uh, thing I think people have as employees looking at the owners is that um, without information, they're going to fill that void with misinformation. And right now you can see where they get all of that. And it's from yes. uh, movies and the internet and, you know, these awesome lifestyles that are shown that are really not many people's lifestyles at all when they're in business. You know? Right. Well, you know, I think if you go from being an employee to an entrepreneur, or even if even if you don't even go that direction, if if you just go if you're an entrepreneur, a business owner, uh, there are times when you don't take a paycheck home. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not an easy it's not an easy road. It's it's plagued with a lot of potholes, if you will, right? 
it's the toughest, right? And building a business yep. is is difficult and it's self-sacrificing and it takes um, a certain amount of humility to build it. We think it takes another level of humility to be transparent, to be to have the courage to actually say, guys, we're really struggling here. Uh, I need your help. But man, when they do, people they turn on. They're like, well, what can we do? I had no idea it was that difficult. Six and a half cents. Come on, why do you get up in the morning? <laughs> you know? And on the other side of things, you know, you said, what are the bad things people think about? They think you're making all this money. What if you are? I mean, we meet some folks who are like, I don't want to tell people how much we make because we make a lot, and they're right. going to want more. And so we always come back to them and we say, well, guess what? They already want more. <laughs> so what's the deal? It's just a crazy it's a deal, you know, people experience this in their own home finances. You know, they're afraid to talk about it because it's either, you know, really bad news or challenging or scary or whatever it might be, when in fact, working together, you can make the whole thing much better. It's just amplified in business. Sure, sure. All right. So let me ask you this, Rich. Uh, when it comes to um, this open book culture, what are the benefits to the company as a whole. Talk about this. Well, I think the ultimate benefit is just getting everybody on the same page. Um, I think we've talked about it here and that, you know, there are misunderstanding about what are the most important goals in the organization, right? Um, if you ask, a, you, you ask a, an entrepreneur, a business owner, what the most important goal in their organization is, some, they're going to talk about the financials eventually, right? They're going to talk about, I got to make money. Yeah. I got to, I got to generate cash. I got to find a way to make payroll, those types of things. But those are the same goals we don't necessarily share with our employees. So if they're the ultimate benefit is getting the employees aligned to that so they can help to, to drive that, that particular success. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So Rich, let me ask you this. Why aren't more companies doing this? You know, we get that question a lot. I think I think one thing is that there's a lot more companies out there doing things like this than we actually realize. I think they are being more uh, transparent, trying to open up more to their employees. Um, but there's a big difference, and I think Steve talked about it earlier. There's a big difference between you know kind of open book, uh, what we would call open book reporting, and open book management. Right? It's it's one thing being transparent and opening up and giving people visibility to what's happening in the organization financially, but it's completely different than than giving them the tools and the practices to to help them use that information to help improve the business. So, I, I think there's a lot of companies out there. Um, opening it up, but not necessarily taking it to that next extreme. Um, I think probably when we look back, um, it, it really begins with the culture and the leadership of the companies. Um, Steve mentioned earlier about the idea of having the courage and the humility to to actually step back and say, look, I need your help, and and I can't keep my arms around all of this anymore and, and beginning to open it up. That's, that's sometimes a, a, a big challenging move for a lot of organizations um, or, or entrepreneurs to do. Um, and, and that just takes, you know, again, the courage to say, you know, look, I, I, I can't do this alone I'm, and, and I need, need some help in the organization. I think that's probably the biggest barrier. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and I think you guys kind of hit it right on uh, the nail right on the head, and that is the amount of humility it takes to open up your books and be transparent. Uh, because sometimes the numbers don't look so good, and you know to 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 open the books to everybody that has got to be very scary. Yeah, so I, I'd like to comment on that. Uh, sure. Bert, the, the thing is, is how do you start is a big question. You know, sure. I, I believe in my people. I want to do it, but I just don't think I want to crack open the books like that. So one of the things that we often do is we'll start out with a conversation uh, with the entire team about just how hard it is to make money. Uh, compare us to, let's say, um, you know, you look at the marketplace and you say, uh, we're, we're an engineering firm and, and we get some data from our association and say, um, there, you know, there's someone making more than us and there's someone going out of business. So how can yeah. we be more like the company that's making more? Uh, what would it take? We'll literally walk them through how a dollar looks going through our business and where the money goes. And uh, when people see that, oftentimes we're, we're building an income statement the first day. And rather than just cracking open the books or throwing the gap financials on the conference room table, we're asking people, how do you uh, add or subtract from that dollar? And so we go through revenue and we'll go through COGS and, and, and we'll calculate gross margin together and then we'll go through expenses. People don't even know what their health benefits cost and they don't know about, you know, I, I love it We're working with young people. They go, who's FICA? You know, <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> so when you lay all this out and they see where the money goes, they often go, well, you know what? I, this happened in our office this week. Uh, Cindy Laska said, I've set our copiers on de uh, default co uh, from color to black and white because a black and white copy costs 0.004 cents a copy and a color copy uh, costs uh, a penny and a half or something like that. Right. So, I mean, I'm, it's not about cost cutting, but that's a great example of where someone's thinking more like an owner than an employee. Hey, I'll print it out in color. Who cares? They got money. Look at them. You know, that sort of thing. So, I'm telling you, people will will come to different conclusions just based upon their they're probably good people. They want to help. They just don't know how. So getting sure. started doesn't have to be we're, we're, we're exposing everyone to every line item in the chart of accounts. What we're talking about is, hey, what is your line item? Can you take ownership of that line item? You know, if you're a software developer, tell me about where you affect this uh, uh, financial statement. You know, sure, that's one of the sure. things that Jack wrote about in the original book way back in 92 was that the financials are really old. They came from, from Italy in 1494, and uh, they haven't changed in 500-some-odd years. Why aren't we teaching people those? That's what the ultimate scorecard of business really is. We just use the analogy of a game to make it approachable. Sure. All right, so, so let me ask you guys this. Um, if somebody's listening and they go, yeah, man, you know, this sounds great, and maybe I want to find out more, so they go to greatgame.com. Uh, I believe that's what, yeah, the website, greatgame.com. And, and, and what kind of services do you guys offer? Talk about your, your services and how you guys help. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with that. Um, I, I would say that we're a, we're a practitioner community, so – 
you know, we came out of an organization. We're still wholly owned by SRC Holdings, so we're working on this game every day. So we provide all kinds of different ways people can engage with this, from coaching services to training to workshops, books. Um, so all of it's available um, for, for people to uh, learn more about um, how they could apply some of these ideas in their companies. Um, but the most, and probably the most powerful part of this is we have a pretty large community of, of practitioners that are opening, open and willing to talk with any CEO or entrepreneur out there about making that kind of transition and what they did to, to, you know, to, to build the courage to, to, to open it up and to start teaching their people the business. So um, I really encourage your, 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 your listeners, you know, to, Talk to fellow practitioners to see uh, see what they did to make this happen for their organization. And I'd like to add yeah. something to that, too, uh, sure. if you don't mind, Bert. When people go to the website, they'll see some pretty exciting news. Um, they'll see that, of course, Jack's original book from 92 that Rich and I updated uh, a few years ago. And uh, there's two more books uh, out now. So Rich and I just wrote a new book, which is The How-To of the great game of business. It's called Get in the Game, How to Create Rapid Financial Results and Lasting Cultural Change. And Jack has written a new book that comes out the January 1st called Change the Game and catch this subtitle. You're going to love it. So Change the Game, Saving the American Dream by Closing the Gap Between the Haves and the Have-Nots. Oh, I love right. that because it's it's chilling because you go, that's the secret, right? You teach people business. You teach people about money and it closes that gap between the 99% and the one. And that's been Jack's mission and our mission for all these years. So a couple of new books, a business classic as well, and then all of our uh, coaching and training and, and workshops to help. I love it. I love it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you guys can check out more about Rich and Steve at greatgame.com, greatgame.com. Uh, Gentlemen, thank you so much for stopping by and sharing. Uh, looking forward to having you back again. Maybe uh, we can talk about, uh, we can maybe bring Jack in and talk about his uh, next book. Either way, thank you so much for stopping by. Well, thank you, Bert. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's a pleasure. You bet. You bet. Good stuff there from Rich Armstrong. And
Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website at moneyforlunch.com. <laughs> 